The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Well, we've got a very interesting guest here, Sammy Barnett, and we're going to talk about the next big crises and how we can protect ourselves from them. How are you doing today? I'm good, Toby. What about you? I'm doing smashing, thanks. Excellent. Let's just ask people listening, first of all. Imagine five years ago, if somebody told them that in the future there would be a global pandemic caused by coronavirus and that we'd all have to wear masks and stay at home. Do you think they would have believed it i'm pretty sure most of us would have said that's crazy you're watching too many series (laughs) exactly but covid happened what we thought was impossible turned out to happen exactly exactly so that really should be a lesson for all of us Mm. we we think that we know what the future will look like but we don't we just don't you know covid covid is evidence of that nobody would have predicted the i mean most of us wouldn't have predicted that and he he, um so basically we could we could not predict COVID because most of us, it's a bias in psychology, quite famous. We think that the future will look like the present or the past, you know? Mm. We base our prediction on our own experience and and our experience is the past or the present. But the future is not going to look like the past or the present. Definitely not, for sure. There are constantly new problems. And the only way to predict the future is to study the the data, Mm. basically. And what does the data tell us? The data tell us that the next big crisis in the future is going to be a lack of food, water, and energy. It sounds crazy now because we have abundance today. Today we have, at least in rich countries, right? Like in Europe and in USA. But but in the future, it's not going like that for a different reason. We are going to see them one by one. So the first one is a, a a possible economic crisis as bad as the Great Depression. Right. Something most of us have studied in, in school. The, the Great Depression happened everywhere in the world uh, in 1929, and, and rich countries had to worry about food be, because of a, a, a huge economic crisis. A huge economic crisis. So that's the first p- possible uh, short-term crisis. And then you have two long-term reasons why we would have to worry about about food in the future. The first one is the end of fossil fuels. Mm. And the second one is the destruction of our soil fertility, our soil fertility. So yeah, if, if you want, we can go 
dig into it into into each one of them right yeah well let's do that then shall we <laughs> okay so first the, the possible economic crisis why is that a risk so simply because our government created a lot of money during covid uh, to save all the companies that were going to go ba- bankrupt yeah. you know many of us know about that yeah. so so what what is the result of that so when you create a lot of money it, it causes the value of our money to drop a lot it's called impair inflation like it happened many times in so it's it's is it a risk you know it's always the same because because it doesn't happen on a daily basis we can think is that is it really going to happen mm. it, it did it happened many times in history and and in many countries so yeah it's a it's a real risk at the and at the moment there is a lot of inflation in the world so how far will it go you, we we know that you know i know in uk for example the price of so many things has increased a lot right yeah so it's it's, it's due to many factors but that's one of them because we we have created a lot of money we have created a lot of money so how far will it go that's the question because the worst case uh, maybe maybe you've seen some some of you listening have seen those picture of people in second world war with uh, with like uh, they had to carry money with how, how is it called in english like a small you know like um, mm. with real suitcase you know yeah something like that yeah, yeah. that gives us an idea exactly yeah. that gives us an idea yeah because the, the money was so worthless so mm. worthless that you need a lot of it to, to do basic things like buy bread and so that that's the impair inflation that that's a risk for us yeah. and uh, yeah and this this if this happens uh, it, it means that we are not sure we will be able to buy food it, yeah. for example it's happening in Venezuela uh, in Venezuela people are they are doing they are doing objects with money the money is so worthless that they use it to do bags to do yeah. bags imagine a bag wow. made 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 with paper yeah and 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 they have problem to eat you know so it's 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 a, a, a big worry and again I know it sounds incredible but think about covid mm. think about covid nobody would have thought it was possible but it happened the war with Russia nobody would have thought it was possible but it happened so the future is not going to be like the present or the past we have mm. to put this in our head it's yeah. very very important for all of us so yeah just just quickly to finish on on the on the um hyper inflation risk how yeah. can we protect ourselves from this so it's simple the first a very simple protection we can all do for that is to buy at least one year of food that can be stored for a long time without spoiling like pasta rice or beans you know this type of food yeah. some of these food for example you you can keep them for 10 years or 15 years so in the worst case you have you have this type of stock in the worst case you're going to use it you know yeah. maybe it's going to take 10 years but you are going to use if you have what let's say one year of stock one year of stock of pasta or whatever or rice or beans one year of stock in worst case you will be using it slowly in 10 years you know so you are not wasting your money mm-hmm. and, and 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 if it happens you at least you you have something you can survive on you know yeah. because Be- and and many people have started to prepare to for this huh? i want to say that i'm not like the only one speaking about that many people have actually started to prepare for that so it's not because most of us don't know about that that it's not real you know mm. again huh? i yeah so this is for the short term protection 
Yeah. And in terms of the long-term protection as well, there's risks because it's the end of fossil fuels and oil. We've got a big problem because people obviously need oil and gas to drive and to import the foods and clothes and plastics and metals and to heat our homes as well. It's everywhere. But it's going to run out at some point, isn't it? Exactly. Totally right, mate. Exactly. That's, that's perfectly said. So what you're saying is that the end of cheap oil could mean a lack of food for us how does the price of oil actually affect food supply and which countries are concerned is it going to happen to poor countries or maybe richer countries as well excellent question (laughs) so yeah um an expensive price of oil affects food supplies in many ways further is the cost of transporting food right i mean remember that for most of our food has to travel long distance yeah we 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 don't produce food locally even in which country most of our food you know a big part of it comes from far away and we with the war in russia we just had an example um in spain particularly um many truck drivers so we had an example of oil price going up with the war in Russia. That's, you know, glo- global because Russia is a big supplier of, of petrol for a big part of the world. And in Spain, I live in Spain and I can tell you many truck drivers at some point, not a, not a long time ago, huh? you know, the war in Russia didn't start a long time ago. Mm. They had to stop to work just because the petrol was too expensive. And as, as a result, basically, they were not making profit by working, you know, because they have of obviously to use petrol to do their job, truck drivers, you know, to transport yeah. products. And because petrol was so expensive, um, basically, it, they, they were losing money working. So they stopped working. Imagine that. And in many supermarkets, as a result, some products were lacking just because the truck drivers couldn't transport them. So, you know, and it just happened recently in Spain. Yeah. So we are we are talking about Europe, right? We are not talking about poor countries. And and everywhere in Europe now with the war in Russia, we, we have seen um, prices increase for so many products, you know, all, all, you know, many of us have already seen that. And, and so inflation, it's only the beginning. That's what we, we have to know because mm-hmm. it impacts everything. The, the price of oil impacts everything because we use oil to transport most products, most jobs are related to oil. So, yeah. But somewhere down the line, won't there be another source of energy that will replace fossil fuels and save us? Excellent question. Excellent question. Of course, that, that's what all of us are going to think of. Mm. Renewable energy and, and nuclear, you know, we hear so much about that. But yeah. unfortunately, it's not that simple. Unfortunately, no. There, there has been recently an increase of oil production because we became able to extract shale oil. But this is not enough to extend the world production for a long time. So because some people believe that, oh, yeah, we discover shale oil. So no, we have a lot of oil, you know, we, we just mm-hmm. discovered recently a new form of oil, but no, that's completely wrong. It, it's not going to be enough to extend the world production for a long time. Just to clarify that shale oil is not going to be the solution. Second, the one every, everybody is thinking about, renewable energy. It cannot replace fossil fuels at the same scale. 
Why? Because the power efficiency provided is very low compared to fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. So what does this mean? It means that you need a lot of renewable energy to produce only a bit of, of what we can produce with fossil fuels, with oil, yeah? So, so it's, it's a big problem, right? Mm. Because now with a little bit of oil, we have a lot of energy. But with renewable energy, you need a lot of renewable energy, a lot of wind, a lot of solar panel to produce only a bit, to produce only a bit of what we need. Yeah. Mm. So that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Actually, it's not, it's not uh, a coincidence if we, if we chose fossil fuels. Because for most of history, humanity has been using renewable like wind in windmill, ships with wind, you know. But we discover a very dirty but very powerful source, fossil fuels. And that's why we build our civilization on it. It's yeah. because it's very powerful. So when we run out of it, thinking that we can just replace it with renewable, it's an illusion. Mm -hmm. We can replace it partially, partially, but it, we, it's not going to be powerful enough to have the same level of consumption we have today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it means that our society is going to partially collapse for sure. It's going to partially collapse for sure, unfortunately. And, mm -hmm. and we can talk quickly about nuclear. It's the same. Nuclear, it's much more nuclear, it's much more powerful, but it's hard and it's long to build. So for to build a nuclear plant, it, it takes five years, but usually they go beyond schedule. So 10 years plus the expertise. So to make it short, nuclear, it's very difficult again to replace fossil fuel with nuclear. So why mm. is all of that important? Just because we have to know that the system is going to partially collapse because it's based on fossil fuels and the alternative energy they cannot give us the same level of energy. So mm -hmm. it's, it should be a, a concern for all of us because our job depends on energy. Everything depends on energy. Everything, absolutely everything. Yeah. And to convince you even more, there is a report from experts from Shell that you can find on internet, okay? So you, any, anyone can check that. And it, it states that to change the energy system of a whole society is very long. In the report, I, I quote the word from memory, they say that 10 years is a blink of an eye, which means you do nothing in 10 years, basically. And 100 years is a, a, an idea of a duration. So let's take 50 years as a rough idea. 50 years to, to change from an energy system to a new, which is what we, we need to do, right? Because um, we need to transition from fossil fuels to a new system, which can be renewable or nuclear, you know? So it's clear, you know, when you know that, when we, we said on this podcast that in 10 years, the end of cheap oil will, will start. And we, we need 50 years to do a, a transition. This is a realistic duration. We don't have time. It's obvious it's going to collapse, you know? It's going to collapse partially, at least partially, just because we don't have a realistic plan. Politics, they didn't put a, a realistic plan in place. They depend on the free market. It's going to go bad, for sure, for sure. Our most powerful source will just be a really bad thing when it runs out, because that's what make our society work. So I suppose exactly. the question is when will our natural resources run out? And you actually wrote a book to try and answer that, right? Excellent. You you just made an excellent point, Toby. Mm. Excellent point. It's the the most important question is when. 
you are absolutely right. When? When, when, the, when is the end of fossil fuels? Mm. When is it? The end of oil. Let's, say, let's take the, the main one, the end of oil. When is it? So it's, it's, a, it's not an easy question to answer. Yeah. Why? Just because the oil producers, they hide data. So mm. oil producers, I'm speaking about Saudi Arabia, Nigeria, you know, Venezuela, the one people know about. They hide because if they tell you I'm going to run out of oil, it makes investors run away. Mm. Yeah, of course, if I'm an investor, I'm not going to invest in, in these countries if they tell me oil is going to run out soon. Right. Yeah. So they lie. So they lie. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. But, but, but that's that's why it's 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 a, it's it's difficult to know exactly when we need. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to know exactly when, mm. but for sure it's going to happen. Yeah. So I guess we need to see the data to know when, right? Exactly, exactly. So the data, so the the, the data I'm going to use to make an estimation, they are from Reichstadt Energy. It's an independent energy research and business intelligence company. It's a world-leading analysis company, and really. They work with the, the, the greatest oil and gas company, so they, it's solid. Basically, they even work with the International Energy Agency. So it's just to tell you that what I'm saying is serious. Mm. It's, it's, it's actually the, the strongest source of data almost we can have in the world. So, so yeah, it's really. Yeah. And what does the source say? Does it definitively tell us when we will reach the end of oil and gas? Exactly. So they give an idea because even mm. them who are the best experts, they cannot say accurately like within one month. It's just a rough idea. Yeah. Yeah. But just, just to give you um, a rough idea, so first of all, I have to say that what matters, it's not the end of oil and gas. It's the mm. end of cheap oil and gas. Cheap yeah. oil and gas. Why? Why? It's very important. Because the end of oil and gas, it might be later, like 2050, let's mm. say. But much uh, a long time before that, we have to worry about the end of cheap oil and gas because as soon as it's too expensive to be the basis of the economy, the economy collapse, mm. you know? As soon as oil and gas is too expensive, so we don't have to wait for the end. We have to wait for when it's too expensive. So to come back to your very good question, when is it going to be too expensive? So first of all, let me just quote the former chairman of Shell, so one of the biggest oil companies, most of us, we know that. So he said, it's pretty clear that there is not much chance of finding any significant quantity of new cheap oil any new uh, unconventional oil is going to be expensive so he's saying exactly what i'm saying right yeah. that what was cheap we discovered it what is left to discover is expensive so now um uh, yeah so now to, to answer your question basically with this uh, company i talked about before ronstadt energy they, we have a, and, and my book so crossing uh, different uh, analysis uh, as a rough idea 2030 mm. 2030 yeah it's it's you know it's not far yeah. 2000 and, exactly mm. yeah 2030 could be when we have the end of cheap uh, petrol at least in Europe because it depends of the country yeah. but in Europe it could be as soon as 2030 mm, that's very little time indeed 
And what about the last crisis? You mentioned soil fertility destruction there. What does that actually mean? Sure. So this is something experts in soil know very well. There are microorganisms in the soil, like worms and so on. And these microorganisms are very important because they keep the soil alive by helping rain to penetrate it and for other reasons. So, but the way we currently do agriculture with industrial plants Plowing, you know, how we we plowing. So it's destroying this microorganism and the soil. And that's really bad because for all of us, huh? because in many parts of Europe, again, we are speaking about Europe, huh? This and, and I mean, in other parts of the world, much worse. But in, UA, in USA and Europe, everybody is concerned, basically. That's what I want to know. I, I want to say no, no one should think I'm protected from this because no, nobody is. So uh, uh, the soil has started to turn into a desert. And it's called desertification, actually. Mm. And, and so it's very bad because it means we lose soil fertility. We lose the, the ability of the soil to produce food. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's obviously very bad for all of us. So, and if you, I, I, I'm laughing, but it's not funny, really. <laughs> it's not funny. I mean, it's, it's a really dark future. Mm. So, but yeah, to process it, it's, it, it's something we, we, we have to force ourselves to process. So, so, and if you add to this global warming in the future, the, the risk that we can't produce food enough for everyone is very high because global warming, you know, it makes it even worse, the desertification, obviously, with high temperatures, you know? And how do we actually protect ourselves from these three crises that you mentioned? The economic crisis, the end of oil and destruction of our environment, including the soil. So you have two solutions that you must do in parallel. The first one, the first solution is to save as much money as you can. And if necessary, to sell your house, if you have one, obviously, to buy a new house on a small piece of land. Mm. The important is the land so that you can slowly, week after week, and, and just to tell you that many people have started to do that. Huh? Again, I'm not like, for example, in France, since COVID and since these type of ideas are becoming more popular, you know, about the crisis coming in the future with the end of oil, some people are famous talking about this in France. It's, it's, it's a topic that is taken very seriously now. Yeah. So, and many people have started to buy land. Mm -hmm. They have actually started to, uh, either save money or sell their property to buy land so to protect that so you know so it, it's a, just to, for you to know that it's not like only a few people are uh, talking about this now so yeah it's important to have land just because slowly week after week month after month year after year you're going to be able to learn to grow some food on your own you know mm -hmm. so at least the day the economic system collapse you you can survive you can actually survive yeah. Simple. If you look at the past, it makes sense because if we were born before the oil revolution, most of us would have been farmers. I know it's crazy, but it's a, it's it's a fact. I um, many of us don't want to hear that, but it's it's just the truth. If you look before the oil revolution, more than sixty percent of the population was farming. That it was like that. 
And of course, uh, with the end of oil, many of us will have to go back to farming, you know, because mm. um, the only reason why we have so little people feeding in our society, it's like, it's like that today, so little people feeding so many of us, it's because we have machines, because we have uh, uh, fossil fuels, including oil and fertilizer, fertilizer, which increase a lot the production of food. It, it, so that, that's why we were able to reduce to such a, a small extent the number of farmers we have in rich countries, in UK, in USA, in Europe, you know. But, but when we go to the end of oil reserve and the end of fertilizer, it's going to go back to what it was. We, we don't, with these machines, they cannot be, um, the, the source of energy of, of, of those machines cannot be anything. We, ha we had fossil fuels. We are going towards the end. Like we, we explain in this podcast um, that it's not easy to replace fossil fuels. You cannot just replace them with renewable energy like that or with, with nuclear. It, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so yeah. So it sounds crazy, but, but the future, it's not going to be hyper futuristic, you know, like uh, cars flying. No, no, it's going to be more uh, a comeback to, to more, a more basic life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely going in this direction. It depends on how the technology is going to evolve as well, to be fair. But energy, it's not something which depends too much on technology. It depends about it to an extent. For example, there is um, the nuclear fusion, which is that could save us. But we have been developing this for 50 years, just to give you a, and until now, we, we don't manage to, to go anywhere to, to make it a viable source of energy. So it's very complex. You cannot just find energy like that. It's, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. The second part of the solution is to rebuild your life around a smaller local society that you can control. So today, your life completely depends on globalization. To anyone listening to this, I'm speaking to you, right? Mm -hmm. Your life completely depends on globalization. Food and products coming from the other side of the world. And the end of oil is the end of this globalized society. So to prepare you, you, you must speak with people in your local community and start to organize yourselves and start to plan uh, for the future. I know, again, I know it's not your, your, your immediate worry now because you have a job and so on but mm. it's coming it's coming yeah slowly and and some people have started to prepare for that mm. so i'm it's just yeah so basically it's about building a local community where you can have local food local water renewable local electricity and heating because just like for example in uk now heating is so expensive you know mm. how uh, how f how far are we going to continue like this at some point nobody is going to be able to to afford it you know mm. so you need other solutions you cannot just rely on the market and rely on the business to to just take care of all the problems it's not going to work yeah so and and just to convince you that it's realistic if you check youtube you're going to see people doing it doing what i'm talking about mm -hmm. they already have a local community they started to have more autonomy so yeah so yeah. it's it's something to to prepare slowly obviously it's not something uh, to, that you do in one day first you think about it you 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 convince yourself that it's going to come this takes a transition and then you can do this type of thing so and and there are many 
in USA, for example, there is one um, Burlington, a town, 70% of voters, they approved to fund a switch to electrification. This just gives you an example of something that can be done, mm -hmm. done when people are aware. Yeah. So it means basically they voted to have most of their energy become electric. So instead of sending money to um, countries which have fossil fuel, they keep their money locally. It's good for the local economy on top of that. So it's clever. It's very clever for everybody, for them to prepare about the future, for their job, for everything. So yeah, and just just something I, I must say is if you live in a city, it, it's going to be where it's going to, to be the worst because, mm. the, you know, when, when oil, you know, when oil prices are, are high, cities, they cannot afford to continue to import food. It's a big deal. If you live in a city and oil prices are high, uh, within a few days, you finish the food. And then what? Mm. Then it's civil war. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that, that's this type of future. Well, you know, if, if we are not prepared, it's like COVID. It surprises. It surprises. And, 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 and we are not prepared because we, we don't think this type of thing can happen. But But no, it, it can and it will. It mm. can and it will, for sure. So, yeah, in my book, I explain now just to, to have a bit of a broader picture. In my book, I explain why it was a mistake to build our lives around society. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
societies which are so big that we don't understand them. We don't understand and we don't control our societies, right? You would agree with that. Mm. Yeah. So, for example, we call our countries democracies, but it's a lie. It's a lie. Democracy, it means power to the people, but we don't have power. Yeah. I mean, that's why so many of us, we, we disconnect from politics just because we don't control anything. We vote. It doesn't make any sense. They, they don't do what they say anyway. So only the rich people have power in, in our system. And it's bad for all of us. It's not nothing. So they, they it's, a, it's a disgusting way of doing politics today, basically. And it has to stop. We, we should be able to control politics, to be able to, to control our lives, you know? Mm. And, and we can do it, actually. There is an alternative system to what we can see today. It's, it's what I describe in the book. And it can be summarized in two key words. It's very important. Huh? I, I highlight this because it's very important for all of us. So it's local and decentralized. Mm. What does this mean? Two key words, local and decentralized. So it's new. this new system, it offers both both more justice and more freedom. It's like merging the good of Republican and Democrat or left and right or to- what is it in UK? Tories and... Yeah, Conservative and Labour. Ah, Conservative, exactly. Exactly. It's like merging both the good of both. Mm. So what is this What is this new alternative system? Okay. So politics, it's really about controlling how we live as a society. And we want the, we want the freedom to decide ourselves. We don't want few politicians far from us in the capital to decide our life, you know, because mm. they are disconnected from us. They are in, in the capital, so disconnected from us. So the only way we can take back, back control, it's by building our own local society as independent as possible. Yeah. Okay. So that's clear. Yeah. And for the future, it's going to be good anyway, like we said before. Mm. So what does that mean in practice? How do we actually take control of politics? A very good question. Very good question, Tommy. Thank you mm. for that. So yeah, in practice, the simplest way, it it's called the citizen initiated referendum mm-hmm. if you so what does it if you don't know what what this is citizen initiated referendum it should you should be really angry with if you don't know what this is because it means mm-hmm. your politicians don't respect you let me explain why i say that because all the swiss people for example they know exactly what i mean when i say citizen initiated referendum mm. so because the swiss people they have this right so why why for example in uk why do you not have this right so what mm. what is it let me explain it it simply means that if enough people sign a petition on internet for example they can control their politicians imagine this it's 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 amazing like, so you if they betray you, you can stop them. You can st- yeah. actually stop them just by signing a petition. So people actually have power. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because in our current system, we don't have power. We vote one time every five years. Would you call that power? Not really. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's it's crazy. Like you know, it's it's yeah. and on top of this, they they promise so many things. And w- would you say that? They keep their promises. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> it, you know, so it's a crazy system. Why, why do we still have this in so many countries in the world? When, mm. for example, the Swiss people they can actually sign a petition and they can vote the law directly. The law they they mm. can tell politicians, no, you will not do that, or you will do that. 
because we this is what we want. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Mm. Why, 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 why we don't have that? And just to tell you that uh, awareness about that has increased a lot. In France, for example, we, we, we recently had a movement called the Yellow Jacket, and they asked specifically for this right. They, 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 it was violent. Huh? We almost had a revolution in France, like before COVID, just before COVID. And people understood that if they get this right, this single right of initiate, let me say it again, <laughs> citizen initiated referendum we just mean it just means that the referendum is initiated by the people they mm. say okay we want to discuss this or we want this specific law to be voted and we decide what topic we don't let politicians decide everything you know what i mean because yeah. we can't trust them they 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 are so corrupted with lobbies you know lo- rich people influencing them all the time it doesn't make sense this system you know what i mean so yeah what you could do with this citizen initiated referendum just imagine you could defend your money your job your family like a country with just election which is what we have in united states in uk in europe we just have election we elect yeah. politicians right and then we forget about politics that cannot that doesn't des- deserve to be called a democracy it doesn't democracy it means power to the people demos kratos demos people kratos power it's from the greek they created this system and we don't have power we, we just don't have power really to vote is it's not power mm. you, because no no it, it's not because the rich people they buy election they they finance the people who they want to be elected there is so much corruption plus they do promises that they don't keep you know what i mean mm. and then you cannot control it's not power it's a joke it's a joke of a system really huh? it's it's what it is and i'm not the first one to say this actually huh? you have people like noam Chomsky who have been criticizing this a lot so yeah to have this citizen initiated referendum it would mean a real democracy in your country mm. so how can we actually get this right excellent question let's be practical mm. <laughs> shall we yeah. so yeah it's <laughs> it's it's an excellent question so i'm not saying it's going to be like ordering in mcdonald's obviously yeah. it's not it's not as simply <laughs> as an application and you just click on it yeah. but it's worth it. It, it but it's not it's not impossible at all that we need to remove this idea from our head because if we start like that we we will never get it yeah. so let's how do we get it it's not that hard it, we just need a significant part of the population to be aware of the talk we just had you know if a significant part of the population in your country know that your country is not a true democracy just by voting and know that there is an alternative system which exists in Switzerland for God's sake in Switzerland they they have it and they are one of the best economy in the world Switzerland in terms of wealth per habitant they, obviously it's a small country but in terms of wealth per habitant it's one so there is absolutely no reason not to get it right so basically we just have to spread the world mm. all of us spread the world yeah speak to your friends your family just tell them con- con- explain why the country is not a true democracy why voting it's a joke because finally p- politicians are corrupt they they don't do what they promise and and so and there is a better system when when a significant part of the population is aware that there is a better system that's it the the the, the, the your country is going to change because next time they will vote they are going to expect the the progress to be made right 
right? Yeah. It it make who 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 would who would want a, a worse system if you can have a better one? No one. Mm. We just need awareness. Yeah. So it it will take time, of course, but it it's going to happen in months or in years. We are talking about the type of change. It's not going to be happen in weeks. It's months or years. But it's how the world spread. You, you know, it's how the world spread. The, the world spread slowly, but we all have to do our part. When enough people are aware, it's going to change. So it's it's your responsibility, my responsibility, the responsibility of everybody to spread the word. And we have social media, you know, so we have tools. We, we have tools to spread the word, you know. We yeah. So... Yeah, just a slow change, but but never lose hope. Never, not because it's slow. Don't think it's not going to happen. This is the key. Huh? All the big change in history they happen because some people they they pushed for it. They just did, they don't didn't just give up after a few weeks. Oh, it doesn't work. But no, no, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. And now just to talk about the, the second way. So that was the first way of changing politics. Yeah. yeah. For all of us, for our our good. The, the second way to control politics, so that's kind of exclusive to my to my book. It's an, a new idea because the Swiss system obviously exists in Swiss mm-hmm. in Switzerland. So the, this it's about basically it's about going a step further and building a new system. It's build, about building. So what what do I mean by that? First, we have to understand, like we said in this podcast, that this system is going nowhere because we are destroying the environment. Yeah, it it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, uh, yeah, we, we cannot, what we have to, to accept is that we cannot just um, uh, elect a bunch of politicians and expect them to solve all our problems. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just mission impossible. The, this society is too complex. We have to understand that when we ask politicians to, to, to solve all the problems of or such a big part of problems of society, we ask them something impossible. So it's not even their fault. You know, of course, there is corruption and all of that. True. But the system is just too complex. So we, if we expect something impossible from them, they will fail and they fail constantly. Huh? You know, anyone who, 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 who has worked quite high in, in, in a, even in, in, a, in a company, like as a manager, you know that the higher you go, the more mistake you do. Because even one company, it's hard to manage. So a country, it's crazy. It's, we ask them something impossible. It's just too complex. So we are talking about the free market and because that's what they we we ask them to 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 regulate. We ask them to regulate the free market. But basically it's what we are we are asking them to do. And it cannot it can it's they can't do that. And that's why communism failed by the way. Because communism we you have a lot of power in the hand of a few politicians. And it was just too much responsibility. So they failed. And now we are still doing the same mistake. Less because we have the free market. But we are still giving too much responsibility to politicians. This is key. eh? To understand this, it's key. Because the day we understand this, we are going to, to start to say, okay, we take responsibility. We have us, the people... And that's where the new system I, I was talking about came come in. So what is this new system? It, it's, it's, just, it's just to give you a rough idea, right? It's just to give you a rough idea. I'm just going to speak about the ideal solution. We might not have enough money to actually have exactly this ideal solution, but it's useful to understand the direction we should take. So the ideal solution would be to have everyone doing politics one day per week in instead of a normal day of work, 
and eventually be paid for it. Okay, so like I said, it's an ideal solution. Do we have the money to actually pay everyone to do politics one day per week? It depends. First of all, it depends because this would not be only a cost. Yeah, we should not see it only as a cost. So, because if everyone was doing politics, this would improve our society in such a way that we would actually save money as well. This is something we have to have in mind. Just imagine millions of brains who are actually solving the problems of society. It's the type of creativity and efficiency that our system lacks. And second, it, it, it depends because also because if we don't involve more people in politics, it might actually cost us more. This is very important. Right? Very, it's very important. We are all concerned, really. Hmm. The, because the way we are doing business now, it destroys our environment. You know, most of us are aware of that. We are using resources like water and food in a way that is not sustainable in the long term. Yeah. So what do you think will happen when we get to the point when we don't have enough food and water for everyone? Wars. We are going toward wars. Yeah. This is reality. Huh? It's the harsh reality and it's coming slowly, but it's coming. Something we forget, but we should have this in, in, in our mind. We cannot just think about the present. The future is important as well. Right. So, so the cost to continue with the system we have now is much higher than to, I mean, than it would be to, to, to change this system. So yeah paying everyone to do one day of politics per per week maybe this will be too much but we need something in the middle you know so I, I'm and, and I'm not even speaking about the cost of climate change huh? because for example some of the floods in UK have costed billions of pounds billions of pounds okay per year per year sorry per year <laughs> I was not accurate enough per year you know and and it's nothing compared to future costs for, for the world some economists they have estimated the future cost in trillions of dollars not billions trillions wow. yeah that's how many uh, this is our money yeah. from taxes yeah from taxes and so on so or, or our businesses which are going to all suffer lose jobs so on that's that's what we are talking about so it's very important for all of us so we, we have to understand that we just can't continue with the system. Yeah. Otherwise, we are going to suffer a lot. All of us. We are. This is reality, unfortunately. So we just need to change the system. Yeah. And if if we can't afford to have everyone, like I was saying, if we can't afford to have everyone working on politics one day per week, it could be one day per month. Or it could be like in France, they, they had an experiment and it worked pretty well, despite what some negative people we will say about it. It worked pretty well because they they randomly elect selected a group of people from the general population, yeah, and they told them you are going to work on some political issues like climate change and and the ecological crisis and so on, and randomly selected people, huh? and it was very good because these people obviously they were not corrupted like so many politicians can be, you know, corrupted mm. by lobbies, you know, you know, big corporations they pay politicians they influence politics all the time. Brussels, Washington, those are places of lobby. All companies, they, they, they make sure to have people uh, close to politicians to influence them as much as possible. This is normal politics, yeah? So, but these people randomly select, ra these people randomly selected, they were not corrupted. They were like us, you know, and they wanted to defend our interests because they are very similar. Their interest is our interest, right? 
So, and just to say, yeah, so we, this could be another solution to have at least a part of the population randomly selected and working with politicians to represent us and we follow them through media. This is what happened in France, you know? There are so many solutions. What I'm just saying, you know, I, or, or you, we have also, we discussed the, the citizen-initiated referendum. We could all have an application on our phone and we vote laws. We vote laws, you know? Or we, we raise an issue, we all vote. And when we think this should be discussed and politicians, they have to do it because we want it. This is a true democracy, yeah? So there are many solutions. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm saying. But we have to change the system, definitely. We have to make it more democratic and participate more with full transparency, not like now. So yeah, but basically, those are the many solutions we have to, to bring a true democracy where people have real power to control politics. So we have to see it like an investment. If we, okay, it's going to cost us money now, but it's going to save our environment for once because the ecological crisis, and I'm telling you this, there is absolutely no doubt. The ecological crisis, sorry, it cannot be solved only by politicians. We have to involve the people. You know, we have to take, all of us take responsibility because the ecological crisis, it's a crisis of responsibility. You know what I mean? It's just because we are disconnected from politics and we, we consume, we consume. It's not our role to regulate. So we just, you know, we outsource it. Yeah, yeah, they will solve the problem. We just worry about consuming. No, it, 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 we cannot solve this crisis like that. We will never, never. The politicians, they don't, they, they, for decades, they have been trying and they couldn't and they won't because even with their best effort, the only way to solve the ecological crisis is for all of us to start to think every day, okay, if I do this, I'm destroying the environment. Do I really need to, do, do I really need these things that I'm purchasing? Do I really need this? You know what I mean? And thinking about our kids, thinking about our future, not only thinking about the short term. And that can only happen if we have the responsibility to solve it, if we are paid for it, if it's our job, you know, if tomorrow it's our job to solve these problems, that changes everything because it becomes our job. You know what I mean? And, and we could, you know, have, we, we could be paid, you know, if we are paid for this, people are different when it's just the job of someone else or when it's their job. You know what I mean? They start to feel guilty. They start to, to feel, okay, okay. They start to think about it more. If you do one day of politics per, per week, everybody's going to be thinking about this because we, we, we will have to. You know what I mean? No, we don't have to. We just do our job. We go on with our life. The ecological crisis is getting worse and worse. So few people care and we are going towards wars. We are going towards wars. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, sorry, just, yeah. So, so basically, step by step, how would, would we do that? We should, first, we should remove the power from the, the capitals. So less power in London, Washington, Paris, that's finished. It's too, too much power in the hands of too few people. And that's not effective. It, it's good for, it's not good for the most of us, right? We, we want to control our lives. So we, we take the power away from capitals and we localize the power. So it means the, now the decision concerning our lives will be taken locally, like they should, you know, like they should, uh, just because we, we want to be able to control. And if it's in the capital, we cannot control it. Come on. Like, you know what I mean? What are we going to do? Uh, go, go in front of the parliament with, we are not happy. They don't <laughs> care. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So many people have done it with so little effect. Yeah. With so little effect. So what's the, no, we want, 
if our politicians are local, then we can control them. We can go to see them and say, this is, this is not acceptable. And we can actually, with the type of system we said before, we can actually decide directly. If we, if we are involved one day per week, we will decide, you know, mm. they are just going to be like secretaries, you know, like administrative. The politicians <laughs> are going to become what they should be. Just an administrative who tell what you, you, who does what you tell him to do, you know, not someone who think he's like the king and like, mm. you know, because that's how they end up being. You know what I mean? They, they mm. think they are above us when they should just serve us. Basically, that, that's, that's kind of the second system. Mm. So I would like to add that to high highlight how effective this system would be you just have we just have to realize that instead of having a few people in charge we would have millions of the, the millions of people in charge yeah because we would all be involved in politics and it's obviously more effective you know you cannot compare a few brains to millions of brains you know what i mean some people are going to say yeah but some people are, are stupid <laughs> okay some people have some people have less education it's true yeah but never forget there is this is very important because some people are going to criticize the system just with this point you know say we cannot give political power to everybody it's a, a big mistake it's a big mistake why there is a law called the pareto rule basically it says that most of the time 20 percent of the people do 80 it's just a rough idea okay it's not accurate it's just to give us a rough idea but 20 percent of people do 80 percent of the job and it's true it's like that in life you have some people who take more responsibility who work more you know what i mean so you have to think if we give the power to everyone basically of course some people are still going to be disconnected they are going to do a bad job at it for sure for sure but you are going to have these 20 percent of leaders who are always you know like and they are going to do an amazing job and you compare these 20 percent of leader which 20% of a population, let's just take UK, 60 million people in UK. So how, how much is that? It's, it's millions of people, you know, <laughs> millions of leaders. It's, you compare that to a few politicians. <laughs> you can't even compare in terms of effectiveness. You know what I mean? You can't even compare. And just to give you an idea uh, of the type of success we are talking about, the free market is very effective. You know, the whole world now is, has kind of adopted the free market. Communism, communism is dead, yeah? Mm. So most countries in the world, they, they, they have adopted the free market. And why the free market was so effective compared to communism, for example, which failed? Just because the, the free market, instead of giving the responsibility to manage the economy to few politicians, like in communism, yeah? The responsibility is the responsibility of anyone who wants to do it, the entrepreneurs, you know? So basically, you have the economy managed by millions of people instead of a few people. And it's much more effective. And that's why everywhere in the world, you have the free market now, yeah? Mm. Most, in most countries, communism is it's dying, if not dead. And, and, and this is the next step. This is about doing the same with politics. We did it with the economy, right? This is the free market. 
Next step is we do it with politics. We, we, we decentralize politics. This is the key word. We decentralize politics. And if we are going to see the same type of crazy improvement that we saw with the free market compared to communism, for sure, for sure, it's going to be much more effective, much more effective, much more flexible, adaptable as a system, because everyone is going to be thinking about politics, implementing them, eating their lives. You know, we are talking about a, a, a revolution, like world changing, huh? really. And uh, I'm not exaggerating, really. And we need this. We really need this. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's kind of what I wanted to say on this new system. And, and I, I, yeah, I mean, we just have to spread the word about it. That's how we are going to change, uh, to change our lives. And we, let's not forget, we need this. Huh? So many crises are coming, you know, ecological, political, econ so it's, we, I'm just speaking about saving your, our family and ourselves. Yeah. Because now we might not see uh, how hard it's going to hit us, but remember we had COVID, even if we didn't believe we could have something like that and what is coming in the future is really dark you know like we are talking about like we said in this podcast wars for food you know the ecological crisis is going to be really bad an economical crisis as well with a lot of unemployment so we we have to to start to take politics into our hands this is the conclusion yes so that's it for politics. How do we take back control of economics? Just with local currencies. Just to tell you, um, yeah, just to tell you, there are some cities that have started to do that. So, for example, mm. in UK, actually, in UK, in Bristol, mm. they created the Bristol Pound. Don't know if you heard about that. I don't think I've heard of it before, which surprises me because I've been to Bristol many times and never seen the pound. Ah, yeah, of course, because not not all of the not all the business are part of it. Mm. Only a part of Bristol. So you are right. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 developing. You know, it's developing. But yeah, they they do have that. So it's a local currency and it's amazing because when you have a local currency that's how you take back control of economics with the local currency yeah when you do that you are protected from financial crisis and we we should all remember that there was a crisis in 2008 a global crisis so many people lose their jobs their homes because of it mm. and the only way to protect yourself from the system is to have a local currency so basically the the, the message is that we we need to say again the two key words decentralization and localization which means that we need to remove the power from capital from london you know we need to take back the pro power locally and build a, a local system as autonomous as possible, as independent as possible, and protect it from the crises which are coming. End of yeah. oil, soil destruction, you know, uh, destruction of the ecology. Those are big crises. Very, and it's very important for, for us to, to, to know that if we don't do something, it will happen. Like mm. COVID, if we don't yeah. do something, it will happen. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Sammy, for helping us be aware of this painful future that's coming and how we can protect ourselves from it. Where can we find out more information about your work? So my book, A New Way of Life, is available on Amazon and uh, uh, people can also join our community of one million followers with any social media uh, they pref you prefer. It, they are listed on, on my website, samibarnat.com. So it's S-A-M-Y-B-A-R-N-A-T, samibarnat.com. Thank you. Thank you, Toby. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.